0: What was the the sense of hope that you had that got you from the point of not going through with unaliving yourself, walking through the trauma of, you know, breaking up with a really good partner, walking through the trauma of coming out into a world that was not ready for you at that time, um, still? (laughs) Um, What was the sense of hope that got you through? I mean, the sense of hope is seeing many of my sisters so far down, or many trans kind, meeting so many trans kind, and just number one, seeing that it was possible. Because at that point, it's just like, I don't know if I can do it, you know? I don't know if I can do it, but I have to do it. So that gave me hope. Second, the other thing that gave me hope is yes, I was every week quite religiously seeing a, a gender therapist. And it kind of helped keep me on my re- on my path. Okay. And third, during this process, I started to develop some, I, I would call them like trusted friendships. Yeah. that those were the friends that I had that I could be vulnerable with. Okay. And so it's kind of a mixture of all those things. We need support. We need to advance our cause. We need to heal. You know, and then we need that camaraderie, camaraderie together. And sometimes, you know, what what we do have to realize about the camaraderie, all of us have our really difficult stuff. We all have our our, our trauma, our different. And so sometimes for me, the hardest thing was understanding that as I went through the community and I'm at a very raw point in my transition that understanding oh by the way though my bigger sisters are further along than I they have their issues as well I'm just more seeing it as like this you know gold standard like oh my god they're living full time and they've had their surgeries and that's what I want to do and I don't have it and how am I going to do it but but I I think through all this time I developed some very close friends and those friendships ended up being really key. That's what really gave me the hope. Awesome. Because because giving that hope is just knowing I had a home with the right people. We call them our, you know, our adopted or extended, whatever you want Shows to call it. Did, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it plays a very important part. And I think it was told there's no way I could do it without it. So I think, in a way, we're all kind of standing on each other's shoulders yes. or propping each other up or falling yes. backwards and going forward,
1: you know? Exactly. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I want to mention one thing because um, me and Tony became so close. What she mentioned, what she just mentioned, is support, and everyone has their own uh, traumas or depressions. So when I was in my depression, um, she was the only one that um, came to my room at the time and knocked on my door. Mm. Yes. So I, I was very that. Good. I, At that time, I feel so embarrassed of yeah. myself, yeah. ashamed. And I, I actually pushed her out. I said, I don't want to see anybody right now. Mm. But because of that, we built up a very strong friendship. Mm. And when she said she can share vulnerable, that's what we're still, yes, you know, doing after exactly. all this, these years. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I'm very, you know, appreciate you so doing cute. that. Um, so, you know, give, give me hope at the same time too. Yes, that's yeah. part of your hope. Yeah, yeah, that's part of my hope because yeah. I, I couldn't see how, at that time I couldn't see how am I going to take myself out of that, right. that, um, Depression, yes. yeah, so. exactly. You say you went, been through all that, struggling, and then become a full time girl, and then you went through your um, operation as well. So, mm-hmm. can you share that experience with uh, with the audience? <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> it, it's a yeah, pleasure. Because, yeah, because I'm my, I, myself. I've, I've been, you know, asking about doctors and seeking, you know, what I want to do myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think you know to to ask some girls or sister that been through that sure. experience is, is, is definitely perfect. Yeah, you know, ideally. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: okay. How would you, I mean, there's so many aspects of this, but I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, just share how I did my surgeries and I'll talk about, mm-hmm. you know, the first one. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, as of date, I've had three of the major surgeries, which is bottom surgery or we could call it gender affirming surgery SRS, it has right. a whole bunch of names. But, you know, second, I've had the breast augmentation. And I've had facial facial surgery, facial feminization surgery. And lots of stuff done to my face. <laughs> ah, and, and then as well, um, point of personal honesty to every... I'm wearing a hair piece, but I also had... I had a uh, hair transplant surgery. Okay. And that's, that's coming along amazingly. And I'm hoping maybe in a year or two, I will no longer be wearing my hairpiece. Wow. So I want to go back to my first surgery. And I think that's, that's maybe the heart of the matter is that we all experience our gender and we all experience our our body dysphoria in a very unique way. For me, I intensely experienced it, that I needed bottom surgery. Mm I, in, I it, it didn't experience to the point where maybe I wanted to self-harm or right. self-mutilate. But there's people who experience yes. it like even that intense. Exactly. Way. But I didn't experience it that way, but I experienced it that I always fantasized about having. Can I, can I say <laughs> it all again? Like, I always fantasize about having a vagina. Yes. I always fantasized about it. And so when I started the transitional process, it's like I can't explain it, but it was like this primordial drive was in me to do it. And so in 2017, though I'd been only living a short time, full time, maybe six months, and my health insurance coverage was was on a clock. It was called the Cobra because I'd been laid off. And so I was on a six-month clock. So I went and did a consult actually in Arizona with one of the big doctors at the time, Dr. Meltzer. And, or, oh God, oh, it's even stranger, his co-practitioner's name is Dr. Lay, and she's a, an, an incredible doctor, but unusual name, I may put it that way, I, I won't go anywhere with it. that, but anyway, it. when I did that first consult, all I can tell you is something, I would say maybe my confidence in the need was maybe like 90% confidence, 10% doubt i did the consultation and i came away the consultation to me again was like this rite of passage religious experience right. i have to have the surgery i know beyond any doubt in my mind and that's the point but i wasn't ready to have it okay i knew in my so it, on the one hand it gave me mentally spiritually or whatever you want to transitionally speaking I didn't have doubt that I needed that surgery and I needed it as soon as I could do it. What ensued was really, I had to go through, you know, I had to go through the next steps of my journey, which was really extricating myself from the house that my ex and I were in, um, selling it, moving out and moving to West Hollywood where I live, you know, where I had a small apartment, but all in that time period, what happened with me was, very coincidentally and through um, Cedar Cyanide in Los Angeles right. at the end of 2017 just started their transgender care program. Okay. So so I did a consult with the doctor there and they had no waiting list. They had a six month waiting list. Right. Which in you know for like some of the talk doctors, that waiting list can be a year to five right. years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of waiting when you really, yeah. really, really, really know you yes. need it. Yeah. So, I did a consult in March of 2018, and then I got a surgical date of October of the same okay. year. Okay, and then and then it's like, oh my god, I have to do electrolysis. How am I going to do this? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. and and so you know, how am I going to do this in six months and through a reference? Um, I discovered this lady in Beverly Hills who has um, a form of electrolysis called the multi-point galvanic needle. It's Beverly Hills hair-free. Yes. I'll give the reference. Yes. But anyways, the point was she got me there ready in five months. Oh, my which goodness. Is normal, which is normally a year-long process. Yes. Now, did it hurt? Oh, yes, it hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it,
1: Hurts.
0: <laughs> you, know, yes, it so, hurts. you know but you know the, I, what, what I feel what happened is two thousand and eighteen um at one point October 2018 I moved in I moved out of our home our home was sold I moved to West Hollywood I had a studio apartment and I was just getting after all these years of marriage I'm just getting used to living on my own, which is wild it's bizarre it's yes. like it's happy it's lonely it's yeah. everything yeah, all of it and and i'm living in west hollywood which is like oh my god i'm in community but which is like wait a minute oh my god this is crazy um <laughs> uh, but my original surgery date was uh, right after my move in that's pretty aggressive oh, yeah and was it the and, what was it a full year of i think they called it back then real life test I didn't do that. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> cool. You no, know, actually, no, 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 no. And that's not true. I I had been more than a year on HRT. Okay. I had been more than a year okay. living. But it, it was never. What happened is the, the standards changed in 2015. Thankfully, okay. yes. Yeah. Um, so that that never, for my case, it didn't apply. Okay. All that applied is I needed to be on hormones a year, and I needed to be living on myself. You know, as myself for right. a year, right. which I was. More Than all of that, Yes, awesome. Um, my surgery because though this lady was great with electrolysis, it wasn't quite ready for that surgical date, so it got kicked back by only two months. Okay. But that I would lose the surgery date, it was such an emotional thing, I broke down. I mean, yeah, yeah. but it was only you know a few months later, it was uh November 29th, 2018, I got bottom surgery at Cedars. And it you know, I was in a hospital, I was visited by so many of my friends, so many friends in within my religious community, which I'm Buddhist. Okay. I was visited by so many so many friends in that community, I was visited by so many friends in the trans community. Wow. And it turned out one of my friends in the Trans Latina community had surgery the next day. So we started trading visitations people. Oh, and nice. it was just it was just a surreal moment. It was awesome. It was I get emotional as I think about it because even as in Cedars, I, because the hospital was very full that day, my room turned out to be the VIP room that they give for. So I'm getting this luxury room to recover from bottom surgery. Nice. So wow. I'm confined to bed and I, right. all I can do is just enjoy the view. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Wow. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait. I think, but, but what I would say is it was one. Part of my voyage to get to the place of having surgery, which takes a lot of determination, a lot of dedication, a lot of, oh, my God, it it takes everything to get to that point. Yeah, a lot of courage, too. Yeah, definitely. And then there's the point of having the surgery, which is one really intense marker point of our life. And then there's kind of the recovery period. And those are three totally different experiences for so the, the the last part was yeah. the part because you just, you know, what I would say is I, I was a little naive because I just had to have the surgery. My mind couldn't right. incorporate anything else other than having that surgery. And I didn't, I kind of thought like, well, I'm a tough bitch. I'm going to, I'll just recuperate on my own. <laughs> but that was right. a mess. So, you know, I had friends who drove me back from the hospital. I had friends who helped me shop. I had some uh, somebody else who helped me clean my apartment. But you know, really for the first few few, you know, first couple of weeks you can't even drive. For the first few months, you know, you're you're very restricted physical activity, but more I had never had major surgery before, and that is wow. one major surgery. And I just had no insight to the depth of the physical change that would go on with me, the mental change, the spirit, the transitional change, the change is incredible. But that post-surgical recovery period, which in all honesty, it takes about a year for everything to settle down. And everything to come back into a new, a new sweet space. But that was a very tumultuous year. That was a very tumultuous, like, Six months into my, or five months into it, I seriously, I dipped into a deep, deep uh, post-surgical depression. Wow. Like, I, this is not me. It's not my personality. I think Shelby knows my personality. I'm a people-forward person, but I deep, di- I, I went into such a deep depression. I turned off my phone and I stopped talking to people, wow. and I, and I just streamed Netflix. And the only reason I went outside is to walk my little doggy. You know, I have a little mini picture. She's outside now, but I've that was the only reason I left the house was yeah. to walk my dog. But, but what I didn't know was, and this is what I want to share. It was a deep point of the surgery. What I didn't understand is that, you know, I just, you know, thankfully I was still seeing my therapist and she was like, you're depressed. No, you know, and I was fighting her. No, I'm not. I'm not depressed, but yes, I was depressed. Yeah. And she's like, you should get Prozac. I can't, you know, I'm not a, can't prescribe that. I'm going to ask you to go see your doctor and get Prozac. And I'm like, it was a wake up call. Cause I thought there's no way I'm going to take Prozac. I don't, I'm very adverse to medication. I'm very sensitive medication. And especially I don't want to take a medication that has a risk of an addiction where you just take it and take it. It's like, I didn't want to do that. So I'm like, okay, this is a serious moment. So, okay. I went and made an appointment with my endocrinologist and, you know, I, and and it was hard. It was hard to open up like, Hey, my therapist asked me to come here. This is what's going on. And thankfully my doctor was extremely experienced with working with trans clients. And this is the message I want to share is he he just said, no, before we do anything, let's get some information and he goes. First of all, let's get let's do it. Let's get your hormonal levels, and we're going to figure out where to go from there. He goes, but let me explain what's happening with the body, and this is what I want to share with everybody. What's happening with the body is, in essence, the hormone factor in your body, a e what used to be my testicles and all that kind of stuff. It's gone, you know. And that's been in your body for over 50 years. And now the rest of your endocrine system is trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your body doesn't know what's going on because it's trying to search for something that's not there. So everybody's different. Everybody handles it different, you know? So in a weird way, you're, you know, the fact that this would happen to you is actually very normal goes, what we're going to do, we'll test your, we'll test your levels and then we'll, we'll figure out a course of action. And so the thing to share is what it really came out is that, you know, all women have a ratio, all cisgender women have a ratio of estrogen to female testosterone. And when my levels came back, my that level of testosterone was almost negligible. It didn't exist. Or is it the lowest possible part of that band? And he's like, okay we need to add this back and we need to add back a little bit of testosterone into your balance of HRT and so we're going to do this but you know you know let's we're going to work out what is the right dosage for your body it's different for everybody so you know to be honest thankfully my doctor was so experienced that he had that maturity and he could explain it to me in ways that I could understand yes. because I'm a doctor right. and second it, it was a truly a doctor patient relationship that you know i would do it for a while and it's like well i feel like it's too much testosterone now because i'm feeling really aggressive you know and it's like okay we're gonna lower that and we'll change this and change that and so we worked together for a few and we found the sweet spot